Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Jackson's in head bobbing mode, I just noticed. I just looked across and I saw it again. I really like this beat. All right. Well, I mean, hey, if you're feeling it. Oh, no, it got awkward because you're moving your hips. Uh, Jackson, bobbing his head, his hips don't lie. You can give your thoughts. Air Comfort Service text line 65780. You can leave a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. I was planning on getting into the Cardinals, the bizarro world, Nolan Arenado uh, ejection. But Don Jackson's uh, captain's log here this morning, he wants to lead with his round at Bell Reeve yesterday to be more relatable to the audience. Yeah, you know, a couple bad holes, uh, two in particular, but outside of that, played What's, pretty so what solid. stood out to you? Uh, ball striking just got so much better. You yeah, know, it's really. It's, I'm starting to draw the ball a little bit, if mm, not tight, little right to left. Just a very slight draw, which is always what I've wanted. And uh, you know, I just got to work on not towing it on that draw because often I hit that towy draw, which I lose a lot of distance and just not a good swing. So, a lot to work on, but a lot uh, good takeaways. Nice, nice. Short game and putting was good. Your thoughts on Jackson's round yesterday at Bell Reeve, uh, 65780. Your thoughts on his ball striking. How did you play yesterday at Bell Reeve? Uh, 65780. That is how you text into uh, our radio program. Uh, let's see. Why doesn't rap uh, Jackson rap like Marsh does? That's from the 636. Nice question. Marsh has bars. It's simple as that. He can spit. Marsh I can't. Marsh. You I can't, can't spit lyrics? Not like Marsh, no. I like listening to rap music, but, you know, just because you like to eat doesn't mean you cook. You have a couple of bad holes, you dainty lad. That's from the 314. Your mind out of the gutter. Uh, Jackson, uh, the Cardinals losing last night. Are you experiencing any semblance of concern? No, not really. You know, I'd like to be out here screaming, you know, this team, everyone's been too high on them. But at the end of the day, you're going you're gonna to lose some games. 162-game season, you're going to lose some games. What about the offense as a whole in the Chicago series overall? Concerning. concerning three of the four games have been offensive uh, problems. Yeah, yeah. And there's, But to be the second game of that doubleheader, it's 16 hits. So, you know, it's you can point to one thing and point to another. At the end of the day, some games you're just not going to have it offensively. Simple as that. For the record, I am not, but I'm just seeing where you are. I'm getting a gauge, getting a gauge on where the audience is. If the audience is experiencing concern, I would imagine if the Brewers were winning all of their games, it might change things. I just, I think when it gets down to it, because of who they play the rest of the way and because they should be able to hit on those teams, which are, for the most part, done, Got three starting tomorrow here in St. Louis against the Braves and do have that week against the Padres and Dodgers later in September. But other than that, it's a it's a clown show uh, that that will be enough when you pair it with what now is, from my standpoint, a strong suit, and that's the rotation. So, yeah, it's disappointing, but in the whole scheme of things, I personally am not concerned. But maybe people are. Maybe, maybe I'm missing it, and maybe I should be concerned. Uh, your thoughts are welcome on it, 6578. I'll tell you what bothered me, what did bother me last night. And sometimes I feel like we have, and this happens in any market, by the way, 
um, where people see through things through. I don't think it's necessarily because they're scared to criticize local teams. I think it's just because oftentimes you become a fan of the team and the market you're working in. In the case of St. Louis, I feel like the vast majority of people working on the air in St. Louis uh, either are from the metropolitan area or, in the case of like Brad Thompson and Jamie Rivers, played uh, you become a fan. When I went, when I was working in Little Rock in television, I became an Arkansas fan. I mean, relatively speaking, it didn't emotionally ruin my day if they lost, but you get to know people, you pull for them. Um, but so, so my point being, like the Nolan Arnauto thing would be an example of one where I would go, oh, I don't know on that. But with the Nolan Arnauto thing. I, I was legitimately surprised by a variety of elements of him getting tossed. Number one, okay, if the umpire thinks he may have gone, fine, but it certainly was not clear enough no, no. to not appeal it. And I am certain that's what Arnato was irritated by. And when he didn't appeal it, and then Arnato voices his complaints, and then he's tossed immediately, that's another thing. The thing that I think confuses me the most is why the umpire was smiling at him. It's like, what are you doing there? Right. We, because the smile in that situation is not an involuntary reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by that, I mean it was a performance of some semblance. Right. So, therefore, it was calculated. And you're, you're not talking about a, a known hothead. Uh, you're talking about a professional who is one of the best players in the game and had had a legitimate complaint. Yeah, he had a beef. And this is one where, if I saw it the other way, I absolutely would tell you. The, the infi- infield fly rule in the Cardinals-Braves playoff game a decade ago is one that stands out to me. I'm like, yeah, that was a botched call. And I recognize in St. Louis it was seen a different way, but from my standpoint, it was a botched call, even though I wanted the Cardinals to win and it benefited them. This one, this was bad. And, you know, yeah, the Cardinals only wound up with a run last night, but if that call is made correctly... You got the bases loaded and Nolan Gorman coming up. Right. So it is a it's a domino effect on the outcome of that game, in addition to the fact that you don't have Arenado for the remainder of the game. That's a legitimate issue. Uh, I'm I truly taken aback by that. And if it were a member of the Cubs, I don't know what member of the Cubs would be comparable to Nolan Arnato and his value to a team, and I realize the Cubs aren't in the spot that the Cardinals are this year, I would tell you the same thing. I have no idea why I don't appeal that. I have no idea why he was smirking at him, and it would have been super impactful to the Cubs if they would have had bases loaded and one of their big bats coming up. So from that standpoint, confused by it, uh, irritated by it, I suppose, but really more confused by it. And it's one thing if an umpire makes a bad call, it's going to happen. But a bad call and then a quick trigger and then the smile. Yeah, super weird. This isn't like this isn't a guy, and I don't know who would have the reputation that umpires would be like, oh, this guy again. Bryce Harper, maybe. He gets fired up. Yeah, but I, I st- I'm, try- I'm sure people maybe be able to remind us of somebody who would stand out. I mean, I know Earl Weaver back in the day as a manager, the bandy little rooster, yeah. would come charging out all Cargo. the time. Car- Carlos Gomez, we used to get fired That's up. a nice play. Yeah, Cargo. Relatively obscure, certainly not at the level of Arnado as no. far as our talent goes but point being just ah just really hack that's how i would describe it just a hack move yeah and we've seen that now when marmol got tossed they had the umpire kind of smirking talking about you know you just got here it's 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 the point that you'll always hear like kids games like no one came to see the umpires no one came to watch you the game isn't about you and it feels like especially behind home plate it's becoming more and more like 
watch watch me and my authority like and picking fights as opposed to trying to police the game. You media guys are nothing but fanboys trying to be best friends with the players. Hold them accountable instead of trying to take them out on a date. That's from Merle from Oakville. I agree. You are. Oh, I didn't know that. Is this, is this a revelation that you'd like to make? I mean, no. that's such a great text, though. It makes me laugh. Uh, guys, I'm not real worried about the birds. They know that they have the ability to go on a run after the last few weeks. A couple of clunkers isn't much to worry about. If they're in this boat in a few weeks when they need to start peaking, then we've got problems. The Cardinals are coming. Tra-la, tra-la. It's from Stepdad Gary. Stepdad Gary. Yeah, and I think we pointed out yesterday or day before, like if we're going to look at a negative for the Cardinals, like the inconsistency in the offense outside of Arenado and Goldschmidt to an extent Pujols. And it reared its ugly head last night. You know, if DeYoung and O'Neal, Carlson guys like that aren't hitting, then the offense offense feels a tad stagnant. But then there's games like the second game of the doubleheader where everybody's hitting, there's always base runners, and you're like, okay, who's going to beat this team? So it goes game by game. Cardinals will wrap it up today against the Cubs. It'll be the last time. Albert Pools plays. At Wrigley Field? At Wrigley Field. So awesome. That's incredible. I think my parents are going to be at the game today. They were at the game last night. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they have a place in Chicago? No, no. Uh, I have family up there, and uh, yeah, they're getting a chance to go to Wrigley Field and hang out. Pretty awesome. Uh, Tim, are the umpires just supposed to allow players and coaches to verbally abuse them? Thanks. That's from the 573. I don't know if that's in the handbook, but the way that things have been carried out, uh, are the following. You get to argue a call, and then the umpire will say, all right, that's it, you've had your say, which is essentially you keep going, you're going to get tossed. Right. And in that case, if if you uh, observed it and thought that that's what wound up happening there, then I will uh, politely disagree with you. Um, that was the proverbial quick trigger. That's the understanding. That's the understanding. Edmonds detailed it last night on the postgame show, talking with Alexa Dad, who we see oftentimes here at 101 ESPN. Said that's the way that it goes, you know. And if you keep going, you're gone. That was about two seconds of arguing. And I just, it, it, I, I, the, the thing that just stuns me is why not appeal that? Right, exactly. Like you, you absolve yourself. And I think of if it was appealed, I don't think it's called a strike. No, I don't but just in so. general, like you were about to say. Yeah, you then you have yourself. You evolve yourself of all responsibility if you just look down and say that, and then Arnio can't be screaming at you, and then he doesn't get tossed. Uh, Tim Shy Boy has a Wrigley Suite. That's from the six three six. You're a Chicago guy? No, no. Been there a couple times, as I think a lot of St. Louisans have, but I am not Shy Boy. I like a Chicago style hot dog though. Uh, tell me you sheep don't think Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates aren't controlling everything, including the outcomes of these baseball games. That's Merle from Oakville again. I think you got the wrong number, Merle. Yeah, I know we haven't discussed it, but it is, it is topic number two today. In addition to this, Dan McLaughlin will join us as he will be on the call. The Cardinals and Cubs for the matinee farewell for Albert Pools. And Yadier Molina, will the Cubs do anything celebratory? I mean, I realize most people in the building are going to be Cardinal fans. Right. Yeah, seriously. I don't know. I th- You'd have to think so. Like, what's it going to be like when they say goodbye to Cincinnati, assuming that the Reds aren't in the NLCS? Some sort of riverboat party? I don't know. But, like, yeah, like, I'm trying to think of, like, a, a longtime Cub, but there's not many where it's, like, a player of Albert's caliber. But 
if there was something like that with the Cubs, you'd think the Cardinals would have something, just like even like a jersey thing like they used to do for Jeter and Big Poppy all the time. It's just interesting I, I, because the the dislike for Molina in particular yeah. uh, in Cincinnati, like how will they handle that? Like you're talking about with Jeter in Boston, it became like, okay, we're going to boo you, but we're going to boo you because we're going to miss booing you and right, respect right, you. Right. I, th- I don't know if Molina gets under people's skin on other teams and so i don't know like jeter i don't think he necessarily got under people's skin with the way he carried himself molina gets under people's skin right yeah so i don't know how that'd go in cincinnati cincinnati's where it all went down i mean that was a brawl yeah that was crazy and yadi's like that quintessential guy you love to have on your team hate to play against guy and so that might rub people the wrong way and then other people will respect it but in cincinnati you're right like he is is might be public enemy number one when it comes to baseball. Mm. Uh, 65780, that's how you can text into the program. Dan McLaughlin coming up at 1045, and he'll be on the call of the Cardinals and Cubs today, 120 at Wrigley. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Loom Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKern, Action Jackson with you here on the program. Miss the show? Podcast at Dobbs Tire and Auto Center Podcast. Download the TMA STL app. It's there for you as well. Tim McKernan Show Podcast, TMA, and a, and a podcast I'd really like to recommend to you called Pepper and Genie. Check, check that out. Uh, that's on the TMA STL app. Uh, BK and Ferrario at the top of the hour. And then the fast lane uh, live today uh, at Blueberry Hill from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Your thoughts on Jackson's round at Bell Reeve. He just wanted to kind of become more relatable to you, so he uh, led with that today. And uh, really what I thought was a, a bit of a ball striking clinic based on the uh, the shots I saw. I thought there was some nice ball striking. I thought really nice compression. I thought so, yeah, especially with like the 50-degree like the wedge. That was really working for me. I was able to get under it without taking too much earth where you're going to start. Mm, ball first, yeah, ball first. a lot of ball first action, ball striking. a lot of sauce on it. So, uh, The real question about the send-offs is how will the send-off will go for Yachty in Cincinnati is will anyone be there for said send-off? Thanks. That's from Stepdad Gary. Uh, yeah, light, light attendance in Cincinnati, and unlike Chicago, I don't think too many St. Louisans travel to Cincinnati for Cardinals and Reds games. No. I'd go there for a Bengals game. I'd go watch that team play. Certainly, in yeah. the jungle with the, like the grass around the, <laughs> the side of the panels. There, I'd go watch. I'd go watch that. Joe Shiesty, I'd love to see that. Yeah, uh, we have mic drops. Is that correct, Jackson? Yeah, we got one from our friend Steve. Oh, okay. Sometimes you just got to tip your cap. I mean, he was dealing. Son of a manager, been around baseball all his life. Stop it! That was a first career start. And he's been in the league six years. The Rangers, Reds, Royals, and Twins didn't even want him. And he landed with the Cubs. What in the hell's going on? Take some extra BP. Bowtie, if they don't win today, send him back to St. Louis on a Greyhound. Tired of it. You know, I understand his frustration. Uh, Luke Farrell, not somebody you necessarily expect to shut you down. Uh, I see... uh, Derek Gould just retweeted this from uh, MLB writer 
John Denton. Uh, the Cardinals have won 18 of their last 22 games. They've gained nine and a half games on the Brewers in that span, turning a four-game deficit in the National League Central into a five-and-a-half game lead while going 18-4. and four. The rotation's 11-2 and two with a 2.98 ERA, and they're averaging six-point runs per game in that span. So, Steve, I understand the frustration. I know nobody wants this club to win more than you do, but... They have been performing well, and let's give them the benefit of the doubt. And then if they do somehow lose today, I think we let them fly back, and then we'll reevaluate this whole Greyhound thing. Agreed. Now, Tim, Mm -hmm. we are again Thursday day game. Both teams are leaving town after the game. But the problem is Mm. Dakota Hudson's on the mound. Marcus Stroman's on the mound. Certainly both are a little hit, hit or miss. Where is it? And also, to be fair, the Cubs are going to Milwaukee, which is about a 45-minute drive. Yeah, that won't be a... Uh... And the Cardinals have about a 45-minute flight back home after it. I so check, I need to check on something right quick, and you know what I'm checking. Do you know what I'm checking? Uh, you know the total? I am not checking the total. I am checking the, the wind. Yeah. Oh, is it blowing in or is it blowing out? It's blowing out. Out to right. So maybe the over. I recall, uh, I don't know when it was, but uh, one time talking it over with... Uh, Edmonds, and he goes, yeah, when I played in Chicago, you drive up to the ballpark and you just look at the flags before you go in and you have an idea what kind of game it's going to be. Right. And it's going out to right 12 miles an hour. It is a Hudson start. Right. I don't view the Wrigley day game in the same way I view the City Field Mets day game. Gotcha. Uh, because you're kind of pre-programmed into day game mode there, even though they certainly have a nice number of night games now. So I don't know on that one. And on this, I I am anxious to see how the Cardinals respond offensively today. I would imagine you'll have the full allotment as far as the roster goes. I know Marmol's been kind of mixing and matching here in this stretch when you had five games in four days. I'd like to think you're going to see a response. Because listen, if for whatever reason it doesn't go well today and you are dealing with one of the better teams in the game over the weekend— and the Brewers were to have a nice weekend, well, things could get interesting again. I just think the Cardinals are the superior team. That's what it comes down to. Right, right, yeah. And if I didn't, I assure you, I would tell you. Uh, but with what they've done with the rotation, it just changes things substantially. However, the thing that I keep my eye on is the Cardinal offense when facing quality teams. That's the thing that I keep my eye on. When you hear people spout off numbers about the Cardinal offense, understandably, they're including all the games. Why wouldn't you? But... Uh, the Cardinal offense has been shut down when they face higher caliber opposition, which goes to reason. It's not like other teams are uh, not not dealing with that. that. That, of course, is across the game, but the Cardinals really seem to deal with it, and it's something that I'm keeping my eye on as far as bigger hopes than just winning the National League Central goes. But uh, with the rotation that the Cardinals have now, I'm just, I listen, if I wind up being wrong, I will be more than happy to uh, earn all of your criticism but I just don't see it. I, I think I just don't think the Brewers are there, and I think the Cardinals are clearly the better team. So I'm not concerned. All right. Uh, the against the Braves, they miss a Max Freed start, so they will not face Max Freed, and the Braves will have to go through Quintana, Montgomery, and Wainwright. Yes. So pretty optimal in, in this in terms of that. Yeah. It would be nice to get today with a Hudson Day, and uh, I'm anxious to see how uh, how Flaherty does. I know that uh, Mark DeRosa was on yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was on BK and Ferrario, if I'm not mistaken. He was on BK. Thank you, Matt Rocchio. He was on BK and Ferrario. 
And uh, he was saying, if you don't want to, uh, I mean, if you're Ali Marmol, you can't be hinging your rotation with any hopes of Jack Flaherty being a part of it. Right. You know, you have options with, you know, Wainwright, Michaelis, and, and most likely Montgomery would be the way that he would go. Listen, it would be wonderful. It's a windfall, though. Right. It's total bonus. So I just, I'm not, I'm, it'd be wonderful. He is having another rehab start, supposed to throw more than 90 pitches tomorrow, but that's not something that I would be hinging on. Uh, cards are consistently inconsistent, and that is why they will not win a World Series. That is from the 3 1 4. Braves will be well rested, been done since yesterday and off today. Good luck this weekend, chumps. That's from the. Six one eight. I'll be real transparent with everybody. I was cut from the uh, from the teams at, uh, at my alma mater, uh, the University High School, and also developed a little bit of a Steve Sachs, Chuck Knobloch disease from second base, which I think probably played a role in it. Uh, became a bit of a liability defensively, with providing little to no upside offensively, and uh, so therefore, I'd be surprised if I'm active tomorrow. Yeah, I was cut from the freshman team as well. Also, I'm kind of playing on playing in the St. Gabriel Golf Tournament, so I don't really want to play That'd for the Cardinals fun. tomorrow. Yeah, That'd be we'll great. Be heading down to Bon Terre. Uh, can we please send Hudson to Memphis if this is another bad start? Enough already. You might get your wish. I don't know if he would go Memphising. He might go bullpenning. He might go bullpenning. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I could see that with uh, the Cardinals going, whether it be Flaherty. Woodard, maybe they go with bringing Palante. I don't know, but I, I don't think they're just going to continue to throw wasted days out there. Right. So this is this this game has a variety of intrigue to me this afternoon. I mean, it's outside of the Pujols, Molina last go round at Wrigley. You also have a game that has some semblance of importance, which you wouldn't have expected to see how they perform, and also to see how offensively and to see how they you get what you get from Dakota Hudson. Uh, hey, Pope Tim. The first, stop mentioning your elitist high school. That is from the 314. Jackson, I mean, now yeah, I'm, I, I'm catching some yeah. of the flack that you got. I thought I, I thought I was a man of the people. I thought as so, As a 63109 guy. Right, and the high school you went to is in the city limits. I'm the one who's Central Corridor boy. Right. And what was it, Shy Boy? Shy Boy, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hudson is just like the rest of the youths in this country, scared of work and getting their hands dirty. That's Merle from Oakville. He is really, him and Steve are, yeah, here, are here. really unhappy. Again, I, I am happy with where the Cardinals are at this particular moment, and I recognize that some people might not be considering you would have thought that they would not be struggling offensively against the Cubs in three or four games and would not have split the series at this point. But I just think that uh, we... We're in a pretty good spot, relatively speaking, with uh, Goldschmidt in the mix for the Triple Crown, Pujols in the uh, mix for 700, and the team five and a half game up on a on an operation that doesn't seem really happy with their uh, front office after the trade deadline. Uh, Tim, Edwardsville Tigers are the best ever, LOL. That's from Lisa, and you consider Lisa to be a friend of the feather. Absolutely. My brother and sister both went to Edwardsville. Proud hmm. Edwardsville alum. There you go. So you and Lisa on the same page yet again. A great Athletics program at Edwardsville. Holy mackerel. Hey, boys. I'm just listening and learning today. Love the show. That's from Big Pig. Big Pig is writing in. Oh, glad you're listening, Big Pig. To the Air Comfort Service text line. All right. Action Jackson has posed this question for our next segment. Dan McLaughlin at 1045. We've talked extensively over the years about the awesome duo of Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. Truly an all-time sports bromance. What are some of your favorite 
St. Louis sports duos from the past 20 years or even further back. Also, what are some duos that you thought would be awesome that did not really pan out? It's a nice question. It opens it up to our comfort service text line. I think if I can expand this back, which is kind of a tell, if I can go back to... Let's let's just go 1985 for the hell of it. Uh, to present day, I think I have the one that will get the most texts. I think I do. Let's yeah. see what we got. Six five seven eight zero. Send your favorite St. Louis sports bromances, sports duos in, and also some that you thought were going to be great that did not work out. That will be next. Uh, Dan McLaughlin coming up at 1045. Then it's BK and Ferrario. I'm Tim McKernan. That's Action Jackson. This show is called Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you here to the top of the hour. Dan McLaughlin coming up at 1045 from Wrigley, where he'll be on the call of Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina's final time at Wrigley Field. Looking forward to talking it over with Dan in 12 minutes. Questions set up here by Action Jackson for this segment, talking about Molina and Wainwright as an all-time favorite St. Louis sports duo. I said going back to 1985 to current day, what is your favorite St. Louis sports duo? And then secondarily, if you would like, what is one that you thought was going to be great that did not work out? Jackson, I believe, and I haven't looked at the text uh, line yet. Um, I believe I have the answer that we're going to see put in most. Um, mm. Let's see if we're on the same page. What answer do you think it will be? Breath hole and Adam Oates. That's correct. That's what I thought. How about that? Yeah. That kind of predates you, too. Well, big time. Yeah. I, I do see a lot of hole and Oates. I see a lot of hole and Oates. Yeah. Ozzy and Willie, hole and Oates. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see much of. Uh, McKinnis and Pronger is another one I was thinking of. I, mean, I didn't see much. That was nuts. And the minutes they logged, holy crap. I didn't see much Warner and Bruce. I thought that I see some Warner and Bruce, but not as much. Hall and Oates certainly got the most votes. Ozzy and Willie. Yeah, if I'm thinking of them from my own personal one, um, and not just what I thought would be the one that would win, which is Hall and Oates, and looks like that is uh, in our informal Gallup poll, the, the winner God, I mean, I fell in love with the game of baseball because of the Cardinal speed in the 1980s. And if we go back to 85, Willie McGee is certainly in there. And then it's either Vince Coleman or Ozzie Smith, probably Ozzie Smith. I don't know. It's, it's any of the, it's, an, it's a pair of any of the three, honestly. I just loved it. I loved watching the defense. I loved watching them fly around. Oh, God almighty. It was the absolute best. So that that's there. You go to the Rams, Warner Bruce. Yeah. One of my favorite that is just so random, it was the Monday night football game against the Broncos when they were the defending Super Bowl champions. And this was Mike Martz's first game as a head coach. And Torrey Holton and are so far ahead of the Denver defense as they run into the end zone that they're holding a conversation. Yeah. I enjoyed that quite a bit. It's my dad and brother's favorite moment. Like oh, they, is that right? They talk about it all the time, about how they were just so good that they were able to, like, actually have like a conversation while running into the end zone it's awesome it was god it just should have won more it just should have won more yeah it, it should have been a more. dynasty it should have been a dynasty yeah it should have been it should have been they should have won in 2000 the defense was just a disaster um from the blues we've already mentioned hull and oats 
We've already mentioned McKinnis and Pronger. Uh, I've seen some people bring in Hull and Gretzky should have been, but mm. the Keenan situation didn't allow that to transpire. Uh, from an amusement standpoint and the Stanley Cup operation, I'll take uh, Ryan O'Reilly and Patty Maroon. I know they weren't necessarily playing all that much together, but they've kind of become a tandem of entertainment. That picture, the picture alone on the plane is yeah. enough to get God, it for that me. That just sums it up. Yeah. It's like that picture from the 1960s with the Cardinal Clubhouse and Tim McCarver's got this big smile on his face, and I believe they were enjoying a cold, frosty one. Uh, I'm quite confident that Patty Maroon and Ryan O'Reilly had enjoyed a libation or two on the flight and probably before that, and, you know, there's the Conn Smythe trophy and the boys are flying back from Boston. Forget about it. Uh, Tim, my favorite is Tony Banks and Lawrence Phillips. It's from the 314. Yeah, I haven't gotten as many of those as I would have thought. Twist and Chase is a nice play. And then they had to face off when Chaser returned with the whale. And they did do battle indeed. Oh, they did do battle indeed. Uh, some of the old school ones, even though we re- requested 1985 uh, and then uh, present day. But uh, Jim Hart, Mel uh, Gray, getting a good number of those. One that did not work out as well, Andy and Alan Bennis. And it was on track. That was on track. That wasn't a case of people not performing. That was a case of a shoulder injury to Allen. Allen was sick, man. He was uh, super legitimate. Uh, guys, what about Donovan Osborne and Todd Zeal? Yeah, Donovan had a sweating situation. Uh, Esteban Jan would later pay tribute to his sweating situation. <laughs> and uh, Todd Zeal didn't uh, necessarily pan out in, in St. Louis. Had a nice career with the uh, the Mets. Uh, what about Bradford and Jackson with the Rams? Steven Jackson? I mean, there was... I think that was one that didn't work out. Yeah, I but I don't think... The running back, I would say a receiver would be more in the duo combination. Unless it's like a pass-catching back, which Steven Jackson wasn't necessarily. He was a fine pass-catcher, but... You know, I was I was doing radio, but I wasn't doing 101 ESPN radio when the Bradford thing was going on. And I recall, and since TMA is such a slap-ass show, we didn't really break it down that much. But one of the weirder things that I recall in, in doing this in St. Louis for the last 20-plus years is the is the Bradford discussion. Mm. Now, this probably ropes you in because you were a, a glutton for punishment with being a big Rams fan during that era. Masochist. And for the life of me, if I were to psychoanalyze the Bradford thing, which I candidly wasn't planning on doing today. Uh, it wasn't in Jackson's show notes. Yeah, but that's the beauty of the show is that we can veer. I it is, <laughs> and and I'll draw and I'll attempt to draw a parallel to the Eli Drinkwitz thing. That if Bradford did not work out, Rams fans in St. Louis knew that it was going to be a big big problem. And so it became more of I'm going to analyze with my hope than analyze with what I actually see. And I realized his rookie year got him offensive rookie of the year. I recognize that. But I, for the life of me, I'm like, I can't believe we're arguing over Sam Bradford. It's just clear it's not happening, whether it be because of health or ability to handle an NFL offense. You know, certainly some question with when you look at the track record of Big 12 quarterbacks in the NFL and bringing the spread right. in the college game and then having to adjust to an NFL style. Whatever it was, I'm just like, well, I can't believe we're debating this. It's kind of obvious it isn't working. Now, the Eli Drinkwitz jury is out. 
but with the wing of Missouri fans that, you know, when I can't recall what it was, but something happened in the offseason leading into the 2021 season where people were talking about locking him into an extension. I'm going, God, I mean, listen, I hope it works out, but he hasn't done anything yet outside of some great recruiting classes. Right. Uh, so it's, it's, it, I think it's more with hope than with what you've seen on the field. And I think for Missouri fans, are like, man, if this one doesn't work out, now it's going to be back-to-back coaches and we're going to have to start from scratch. That would be a death blow. So I, th- I try to draw a parallel on that. You don't necessarily have that same pressure put on an NHL draft pick or a Major League Baseball draft pick. At least rarely do you. I suppose J.D. Drew would have fallen into that category with the Phillies. The Cardinals eventually got him. But uh, I, I just I, I looked at the Bradford thing, and I never understood what we were debating. Yeah, and it was an unfortunate timing, too, because he was— I th- think the last draft class that was paid like they were so he got paid a ridiculous amount of money before he ever took a snap and so you have like you're already kind of pot committed to this guy and then his uh, his inability to kind of get out of the pocket and his inability to stay healthy all combined it's like yeah you're offensive rookie of the year but if you can't stay on the field and if you can't move around with the pressure you're just not going to do it and you're getting paid all this money like he's made so much money in his career it was a nice little uh nice little operation for him tony larus and dave duncan mentioned as one that was that's a nice play i mean i realize most people probably immediately think of the field or the eyes or the court but uh yeah i would agree that Mm -hmm. uh, what those guys did uh uh, and then somebody's writing in Dave Duncan and Jose Okendo. Yeah. Okendo. I mean, these are guys who fly under the radar relative to the players and the manager in the front office who had a major impact. And if you talk with players about it, they will tell you whether they're a pitcher with Duncan or a, a, a position player with Okendo and what they can do. Chase Daniel, uh, Chase Daniel and Jeremy Macklin. Great Very call. nice play. Great call. It's Man, a very nice great. play. Yeah. There are some great you – know, Sean Weatherspoon and William Moore is a great, is another great one on the defensive side. Those are two stars. Guys, you're missing out on Rene Rocha and Tom Pagnazzi. They had a little you know, Yachty thing going just on a slightly smaller scale. That's Merle, and he is in Oakville. Randy Carricker just texted my phone, and he's got the one that we should have thought of and I missed out on, and that's why he's doing three hours in morning drive, and I'm allocated an hour in middays. And the answer, of course, is Keith Null and Brandon Gibson. That is the tandem for the great St. Louis sports romances randy character yet again he just dunked on me that's what he did he just dunked on me brandon gibson who was the guy who used to retweet compliments after games austin Austin pettis Pettis. and then they'd like lose by 35 and i go i'd open up twitter and i go the hell's this stuff about austin pettis and i go it's austin pettis retweeting the stuff about austin pettis he has the worst back of the neck tattoo (laughs) i've ever seen and uh, along with him and then Tavon Austin subtweets. Yeah, Tavon Austin was communicating with someone. Still don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'll do a 30 for 30 on that someday. Dan McLaughlin going to join us at 1045. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes. And yes, and yes, and yes, and yes. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Look, everybody, it is our pleasure to be joined by a man who will be on the call, the Cardinals and Cubs today from Wrigley Field. Storylines galore to discuss with Dan McLaughlin. Good morning, Dan. Hey, fellas. Nice. We're, I mean, we're just going to get right to it today, I think. 
I think we're going to oh, let's. I, I would. I'm ready to hot take. Let's do it. Uh, let's let's hot take it. Let's hot take it. Uh, Dan, uh, the Cardinals and Cubs, Albert Pools, Yadier Molina, the farewell tour uh, at Wrigley today. Uh, Cardinals looking to respond after uh, getting held in check offensively. I want to get your perspective on what took place with Nolan Arenado last night. I was listening to you and. Uh, BT talking about the quick hook. Uh, so many things with that were confusing. Not getting the appeal, uh, the quick hook, and then the smile on the face of the umpire uh, while executing the quick hook and the argument from Nolan Arenado. What was uh, your opinion as you observed that last evening? Well, I, I wasn't surprised that he was ejected. Um, you know, he he was he was hot. So who knows what was said? And there's magic words that are going to get you kicked out. So that's that's number one. Um, two, I, I thought that definitely you should appeal because he had a pitch. What was it? Two or three pitches before in the at bat where he did appeal. Uh, I didn't think he went around. And there's frustration there with the player, obviously, with Nolan Arenado. But the smile and the, the smirk is what I think sets people off. And when you had C.B. Buckner do that to Ali already earlier in the trip in Arizona, you know, that's just not professional. That's just not the way you handle that, in my opinion. And, and that adds to it. So that's where I think the frustration really came from, from the Cardinals' perspective, is like, hey, you just took our guy out, and you've got Goldie who's going to get the night off. And that's why, yeah. you know, if you're Nolan, you can't get ejected in that spot, but he did. But the smirk, I think is what really upset a lot of people and frustration with that. So uh, hopefully it doesn't carry over to today. I doubt it will, but it's something that definitely is in the back of the mind of the, of the players and, and the Cardinals. I mean, you just don't want to see that happen like that. With regards to uh, the impact on the game, I mean, you're talking about the difference between loading them up, Nolan Gorman, and the Cardinals no being, doubt. I mean, that's a, that's a super impactful thing. And as you made reference to, Goldschmidt gets the night off. That one, uh, that is a domino effect on that entire ballgame. Well, you, you kind of see that when Nolan and Paul are not in the lineup, not to say you're an average team, but you're not nearly as good as you are when they're in there. And it shows you the impact and the importance of both those guys and what they mean um, to this franchise. It's been really kind of an odd series where Wainwright was against Assad making his major league debut. You lose that game. And then last night, Luke Farrell against Michaelis. I would have put, you know, if I was a betting man, I would have said, hey, my my best bet is with the Cardinals and, and Michaelis going against Farrell, who has not been able to, to stick in the big leagues, and yet they lose that game. So it's been odd in the games that they've lost, but, um, you know, it's, it's two games split so far out of four. I think from the Cardinals' perspective, you feel good in the fact that you're going to come out of this, you should, um, with a fairly decent bullpen because you can come into here in five games and the wind is blowing out and mm -hmm. things are going nuts. And all of a sudden you're having to go to your bullpen nonstop and you come out of here completely beat up. I mean, it's, it's hard to play here anyway, just because of the emotion, the rivalry, day games, night games, all that stuff. But um, I think they feel pretty good about that. And I should mention, I'm at the ballpark right now. I'm in the booth and it was raining this morning and it's starting to clear up right now, but the wind is, is 
blowing straight out and it's blowing out hard. So we'll see if that's oh. going to be the case uh, at one o'clock today. How about that? There you go. Some insight from uh, the north side of Chicago. I know the nature of the beast is uh, if a team wins, you, you may get higher than than the team than you should be as a fan, and if the team loses, you may get lower than you should be as a fan. So let's take a bigger picture view of what's going on here over the last month. Uh, not only do you have the team performing the way they've performed in the month of August, the acquisitions and what it's done to solidify the rotation. Uh, some of the defensive plays we've seen, Paul Goldschmidt in the mix for the Triple Crown, and of course, Albert Pujols and 700. I was discussing this, Dan, and I'm curious because you have such a, a vast encyclopedia of, of games that you've called. This has been, from my standpoint, with all of those factors I, I just discussed here over the last three weeks, one of the more exciting, multifaceted runs of Cardinal baseball that I can I can think of in, in recent memory, where you have both team accomplishments and individual accomplishments and a sense of enthusiasm from Cardinal fans over the last few weeks. What is your thought? Agreed. I, I would actually thinking about that myself. I, I think the 04 team yep. um, and having a chance to call those games and be around a team that you felt and remember that team started 500. I mm-hmm. think they were 15 and 15 in the first 30 days and then they just took off and they never had a starter miss a turn in the rotation until very late, 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 late in the season. I think it was a doubleheader and uh, they, they called up Daniel, um, Come on, good sinker, part of the Mulder deal. Help me out here. Uh, I'm thinking of, I think, uh, this, this, Kiko Calero, he went yeah, there. Heron, yeah, Heron? Yeah, yeah. Heron, Heron, Heron. Danny Heron, yeah, yes. thank you. Um, they brought him up at the very end, and he made a start, I think, against Pittsburgh, and that was it. But that was the season in which Albert was going off. Um, you had the addition of Larry Walker at the end, mm-hmm. and they just didn't lose. I mean, they, they really didn't lose. It was just amazing, the run that they went on to win the division, and they did it in dominant fashion. So this has gotten a feel of that, and I'm not saying that this team is dominant like that because I, I don't think they are. However, the feel of it and the fun of it has been like that. And I was talking to BT off the air about that. I said, man, this has got just a just a fun vibe to this team. Um, and for all the things that you mentioned, and I think when you look at like the game on Saturday against Arizona, I, I can't recall a game that has been like that. I know, I know we've had them, but you had a grand slam. You had Goldie getting to a hundred runs batted in. You had Albert hitting two bombs. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, it just had so much to that game and so much of a, not only are you winning from the team perspective, but just the individual performances that were so much fun to watch. So Every night you're going to get that, and when you add in the fact that Albert's is going for history and Yachty's wrapping up his career, um, that that makes it even more special. So I, I agree with you. It does have a different feel with this team as opposed to some of the, the teams that were good and winning, and last year was great, winning 17 in a row, but it's, it's a little bit different than what we're seeing this year. With regards to Albert, uh, this has been just absolutely incredible i think it's captured the attention of baseball fans around the country beyond st louis ryan dempster's comments uh backing that up in in chicago uh you're calling these games you're seeing what's going on and you're around the team uh what are the impressions that you brad thompson jim edmonds have of what you're seeing and what uh, the guys in the clubhouse and what they are seeing and in the chances that he does indeed finish with 700 plus home runs well, he's definitely, you know, got a shot. It's not going to be easy. Um, he's going to have to go on a really good run, and he's going to have to play against right-handers more than he has been. Now, we're starting to see that because he's locked in. 
Um, and he is really locked in. Um, we'll see if he goes today. I mean, Marcus Stroman wouldn't seem to be like a good matchup against him. However, it's the final time at Wrigley for Albert. Yeah. And I, I wonder if, you know, Ali is going to say, hey, it's special circumstance and he's swinging the bat well anyway, so why not give him that shot? That may happen. I, I'll tell you, Tim, I, I've been around Albert a bunch and I've been around him and, you know, with baseball and out of baseball at charitable endeavors and whatnot. I, I've never seen him like this. And it's been like this since day one where he is having so much fun and he's smiling and he's just, uh, I, I, I just can't explain it. It's just been so much fun. And I think the players, you know, like a guy like Wayno the other day was telling me, he was telling some of the young guys, like, hey, you think Goldie's really good? And everybody's like, yeah, he's amazing. He's going to be the MVP. He might win the triple crown. Yeah, imagine having 11 years of that every single day. That's yeah. what it was like being around Albert Pujols. And so I think he's gotten the, the, the young guys are just like, this is incredible. Like, how is he doing this at 42? And people around baseball, like, he'll show up at the ballpark and he's getting his work in. And he's, he's so amazing with that and making sure that he's prepared. But the the opposition, just like, hey, can I get a can I get a bat? Can I get a ball? Can I get a picture? Can I do this, that, and the other? Like Matt Veerling is a St. Louis kid, mm-hmm. and I was talking with Matt uh, when we were in Philly, and he said, "Man, I can't wait! I get to go meet Albert Pujols." I said, "Oh, cool!" I said, "You, you never met him? You know, you never talked to him?" He's like, "No." He said he was running off the field. And this is like game two of that series, and he said, "I." I I was like in awe just watching him. He was running right by me, and I was playing third base, and I was like, "That's Albert Pujols." Pretty cool, man. Mm-hmm. St. Louis kid seeing him. So I, I think that he's he's gotten the attention of not only the baseball fans, but even those in uniform that are seeing him for the final time. It's just been an amazing run, and, and he's locked in, and that makes it so much fun to, to see every time he comes to the plate because he might do something special. Cardinals and Cubs today. Dan McLaughlin will be on the call this afternoon. 120 start, and then a home series with the Braves begins tomorrow. Dan, always a pleasure to talk it over with you. Have a great call of the game this afternoon in Chicago. Thank you, sir. You got it, fellas. Talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Dan McLaughlin with us here on 101 ESPN. BK and Ferrario are coming up next. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music, and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're gonna pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.